Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Like I say every week on this show, I tell people and I recommend to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. We always talk about gifts. We talk about passions. I tell people to leave with your gifts and know that your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews are with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call industry decision makers. My next two guests can be seen every Saturday night starring in Owns Love and Marriage Huntsville. They are the power couple, Kimmy Scott and Maurice Scott. They're part of Owns Real Drama Weekend. Kimmy Scott is an entrepreneur, real estate agent, a registered nurse by trade who received both her undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Alabama in Huntsville. She's also a member of Delta Sigma Theta and has a passion for cooking. <laughs> Maurice Scott is a consumer law attorney, real estate investor, entrepreneur. He is the law firm United Legal. He is the owner of Credit One USA. He is the older brother of Marcel Scott, who I've had on the show as well as Tisha, who is also stars on the show, as you know. Kim and Maurice got married the first season of the show and still, as I said in the, read in the bio, have not went on a honeymoon. We'll find out about that. They're coming on the show to talk about the new season of Owns Love and Marriage Huntsville, which sometimes can be a mess, but we talk about entrepreneurship, which is always filled with drama. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Kimmy Scott and Maurice Scott. Hey, hey everybody! Thank Good morning. Well, thank you for coming on the show. First of all, let's get, let's do a little history on the show. You know, when the show was launched, um, how did you guys get invited to do the show, and why did you accept to do the show? And you can each individually respond how you want to. I just want to just get a response and set the stage for the audience as to who I'm interviewing. <laughs> well, we uh, we got introduced to the show by a great idea from Melody Hope. Okay. Um, we are all, you know, we're all friends and we're sitting around and then Mel comes up with this, you know, genius idea of, hey, let's do a reality show. <laughs> so we uh, we were invited to do a couple of different pilots and things and we were filming for a little while and then she got with Carlos and then the magic happened. Kimmy, that's something might say is magic, but when you put your personal life out there and it gets into social media and it, it, sometimes it can be unmagical. Talk about some of the, <laughs> the unmagical things that have happened because he said, you know, because Maurice said it was brilliant. Now, when I watch the show, and like I always say, you have one of the most animated faces I know on television, okay? You know, you're one of those people, you can, you tell it all on your face. You can just, as they say, you can just be smiling, but I can look in your eyes and say, well, you, she's kind of mad at this situation. So talk about <laughs> your experience and then being allowed to, uh, you know, share your, your personal life as well as your professional life. And then people can judge you because editing doesn't always tell the true story. Correct. Correct. Very much so correct. Um, he he loosely uses the term magic happen. Uh, <laughs> because, because everything you just said literally is 100% correct. And from time to time, you do kind of revisit your choice actually be one reality mm -hmm. at the moment i believe that both of us feel like the pros outweigh the cons yes um and the biggest con of which is people voicing their opinion about your 
unedited 42 minute life. <laughs> so that's always a tough part. We know. So when I hear this, two things you said, Maurice and Kimmy, you said it was a great idea. Now, whenever I look at reality shows, especially shows like this, I see a business opportunity. Because if you have a business, you're entrepreneurs like you are, you can promote it. You know, you can build your brand and it can lead to some success stories that may not happen if you didn't have this platform. With that being said, Maurice, since you started with the word magic and brilliant, let's talk about how has that helped your business? Because I mentioned earlier, you have a law firm called United Legal and you're also the owner of Credit One USA. Well, it's helped me significantly uh, reach a broader audience. Right. Like uh, we had clients all across the nation that were helping as far as uh, getting their finances in order and actually participating in the market, Mm -hmm. whether it's the housing market, the business market, um, everything boils down to credit. So uh, getting that consumer finance and then moving on to uh, consumer law, that's a whole different area. And a lot of consumers have no idea about the different laws that are in place that protect them. Uh, make sure that they're able to uh, keep all the money that they're earning. And then uh, there's some other things that we're working on as well. But overall, as far as the business uh, aspect is concerned, I mean, marketing. Well, you know, it's really interesting that, uh, okay, Kimmy, you're a real estate agent. And then mm-hmm. Maurice, you're a real estate investor. And we look at mm-hmm. the housing market and it is like fire everywhere. You know, my my younger brother, he sold his house in D.C., and I say within a week it was sold, literally a week. Uh, my wife put mm-hmm. her mom's house on in Houston, Texas, and they had like 15 offers. In fact, it was bidded up above the the the, uh, okay. the value that they had asked for at the time. What is mm-hmm. driving nationwide, not just in certain pockets of the country, what is driving this high momentum for home 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 ownership? Um, I personally believe that it's a, a it's a false scarcity. Um, right now, we have this moratorium on foreclosures, and that right there is pushing housing values up. And I think that right now we're experiencing a bubble of such that um, smart people would save money and get prepared because we've seen this before. Now, Kimmy, you, you're the agent. you out there. I want to say when you say the word agent, you're out there doing the sales. You out there, if I'm not mistaken, out there taking people in and suggesting these home prices. And so you've seen the shift. I see you more, Maurice, as an investor. So you see the Mm -hmm. options from a different perspective. But you're seeing the perspective from an actual customer perspective, correct, Kimmy? Correct. Um, And from, I agree with what Maurice said as well. Um, I, I don't know if it's all a false security of availability, but at the moment, it's just a seller's market. And there's literally more buyers in the market than there are homes to purchase. And the moratorium, as he mentioned, just got lifted Saturday nationwide. Different states have lifted theirs at different times, um, but the end of the month was that particular time. And if people don't know what that is, that was where there was a law passed that you couldn't put people out of their homes if they didn't keep up with their payments based on the pandemic. And having had issues financially with the pandemic, um, and there are millions of people who had trouble, and this was helpful to them. So now that that has been taken away, 
we're hoping that it'll balance out the availability of homes again, um, just a little bit so that it kind of comes down. But right now, it's simply not enough properties for the amount of people that want to purchase them. And the interest rates, the interest rates are great. Um, and so all of that kind of plays a role in people wanting to sell their home because right. they want the biggest bang for the buck. <laughs> just like you mentioned on your mom's home. The majority of these homes are selling for over asking price. There's a fair amount that is selling for over market value. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's just the supply and demand at the moment. It's the supply and demand. Well, I would let's 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 because I'm talking to a couple of real estate people. That's why I'm really excited about this. You kind of like experts to me because my audience needs to hear this because we've seen this before. You know, when the mm -hmm. housing market came out there and it was extending loans and, and the bubble burst and it really collapsed mm -hmm. this economy. Mm -hmm. Mr. Investor, uh, mm -hmm. how do you see that? Um, I actually see it. Uh, I see it as an opportunity mm -hmm. um, because you don't have to get caught by surprise once again with the same information. And and. If I, I kind of look at real estate similar to stock, I don't I don't like to buy at the top of the market if right. at all possible. Um, there's some good deals that are out there still, and they're 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 available now. So there's always going to be another deal to come along. But I like to buy when no one else is buying because then that's where the real deals are. And uh, I heard a story a long time ago that said that uh, good money waits until the bad money leaves the market. Mm -hmm. And in essence, all that's saying is that individuals that are buying at the top of the market, if the market collapses, then you lose value in your home. But those that buy later, those are the ones that actually get a true transfer of wealth. And so um, I think that you, people should be smart about their money. You know, I, I, I'd rather see someone purchase a home rather than just rent. Right. But. Be smart about it. Well, let, let, let's talk about this because you are a registered nurse. We're still in COVID. We all thought we was about to get out of COVID. I, I'm, I'm double vaccinated and I and it relaxed my whole life when I got vaccinated because I was I realized I was living in a state of parent. I was paranoid about what I touched, who I talked to. Did I did I the grocery basket that I pushed in the grocery store? Then I got mm -hmm. vaccinated and I and I relaxed. I went, wow, I can actually I wasn't hugging nobody. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't I went back to that. <laughs> I wasn't that relaxed team. <laughs> but you are a registered nurse, Kimmy. And being mm -hmm. a registered nurse, you see things from a different perspective than both the either I see or Maurice sees. During the COVID in 2020, walk us through that whole process of how you talk to your friends, how you talk to your family, and then 2021, where we're dealing with this new Delta variant, how are you dealing with your friends and your family to live a normal life, if we all can live a normal life? Um, as a clinician, it's honestly difficult for me to ever see us getting back to much normalcy. Okay. Um, and that's unfortunate, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to tell you, though, I guess part of my biggest surprise was the conversation with so many people that people didn't wash their hands regularly or, you know, wipe the handle of the car. I've been, I keep wipes in my car and in my <laughs> purse for years and I always wipe the handle of the cart off. Um, and so there's some things that we are going to have to put into everyday practice mm -hmm. just going forward, pandemic or not. Um, 
it was very surreal to be a nurse in that time frame because um, I've worked through Ebola, A1, H1N1, all of that. Right. And nothing compared to this as far as the statistics of lives that we were losing and the fact that we just couldn't get our arms wrapped around this virus um, to take control of it. So I, I, don't, I can't say I know a person that doesn't know a person in their immediate circle who wasn't affected by um, COVID during the pandemic. And so we have to still be vigilant. They told us last year that it could mutate. And if it mutated into a different DNA type virus, that it's going to be a whole problem to kind of wrap your head around another mutation of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we are right now. And some of the numbers are going back up because a lot of people have gotten relaxed. Right. Um, and we need to keep the same habits. We need to still continue social distancing. We need to still continue hand washing. We need to wear masks, especially in close quarters with people. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the things we were doing in 2020, we're going to have to kind of revisit some of them, I think, for a while. Well, I have two questions with you, Kimmy, with revolving around COVID-19. First of all, you're shooting a show during COVID-19. How did that mm -hmm. affect you mentally, you know, knowing what you know and then dealing with your husband, knowing what you're advising him on? And then when you hear people who don't want to get vaccinated, how do what are your response to that? And I hope these questions are comfortable with you because you're, you're, you're a professional and I feel I can come to yes, you. Sir. And there are fans out there who need to hear the truth from somebody that they respect. So for me in the um, realm of the TV show, uh, they take extreme <laughs> precautions as far as what we need to do in order to keep filming. Um, we took various lengthy breaks. This has probably been the longest season ever filming <laughs> because we had to take so many um, mandated breaks, be it statewide, nationwide, or just from the production company. Um, we have to do the same things as far as social distancing. We have to wear masks. We COVID test three times a week in order to continue filming. Um, anybody who's in the immediate circle of that filming group has to test. So say, for instance, I have a closing and they want to film the closing. The people at the attorney's office have to test as well. Mm -hmm. So they keep a real vigilant eye on the COVID precautions, which we can definitely respect. I think as far as opening eyes, it probably opened Maurice's eyes more than my eyes, to be <laughs> fair, because as a nurse, I'm actually the executive director. And so I didn't really have to be on the front lines unless I have to be on the front lines. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, when you have nursing and staff out, it's time for you to put your scrubs on. So when he would see me get up in the morning and put scrubs on, scrubs meant it's time for me to see patients. Mm -hmm. And it kind of <laughs> took a spin for him to know that, okay, so now this is real because you have to go into these people's houses and see these patients at this point. Right. And it can affect you. It can affect our household. It's stuff that you can bring home to our kids. And so that's where a lot of that thing changed. And in order to kind of 
reel it in. We got to do a lot of due diligence and our homework. I believe that with the vaccinations that are coming out, there's going to be a lot of signs and symptoms we have to be familiar with because right. it's new. Mm-hmm. It's new. And anything new is going to have signs and symptoms. We just don't know them all at this point. And I think that some of the fear in a lot of people as far as taking the actual vaccine. It's just new. And we just got to be familiar. I don't want to be the one in a million that takes the vaccine and, you know, <laughs> has a seizure and die. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are fearful. So I think the due diligence and dissemination of information is what's going to help people want to get on board to make sure that we do everything possible to keep this virus from exploding like it did last year. Now, Morris, you know, we just did, like, I, I, I'm honest with you. When, when, when the COVID came out, you know, I was paranoid. Now, you living with a health professional. What was your mind? Like she said, you know, she put on the scrubs. Now, you know she out there dealing. And, and that's a certain uncertainty, un- uncomfortableness. How did that, did that affect your relationship? Or did it create different conversation with the family that you didn't have previously? How did you emotionally deal with that? Because it's still a degree... You know, even though she can say what she's doing is correct, you still have your own mindset that you have to deal with. Talk to us about that. Well, um, initially, when when Kimmy actually had to go on the front lines, it was at the time where other countries' death toll was through the roof. So um, at that moment, it's it felt like it could have been a death sentence. And um, it was very difficult to deal with because this is, you know, my wife yes. that we're talking about. So now you see the personal sacrifice. It's actually changed my mind completely about the medical profession in general. I know that they save lives, but you don't know to what extent. Right. When you actually put your own life on the line for someone else, then now you're really a hero, you know, and um, you look at it for the greater good of what she was doing. So I understand the selfless act, but um <laughs> you know, you still have concern because yes. this is this is a family member. This is somebody who's very close, and I don't know what I'd do without her. So, um, you know, there's stress that comes along with that. But then after you get to doing some more homework and you're realizing that, you know, some of the, the precautions that were taken for, you know, our country is different than other countries and how it affected them. Um, also, you know, how healthy we are as well. Now, uh, let's talk about this, this love one, this beautiful woman that you married the first season of the show, did I read in the bio, still have not went on a honeymoon. Now, come on, Morris. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Now, you got to talk to me now. You you really... <laughs> see, I know I was technical and real professional, talking about the real estate, talking about how you a baller, got two businesses, you know, she out there rescuing America. She a hero. Come, come on, come on, Sarah. Come on, Sarah. I just got to get on your boy now. You know, he can't make a time to go nowhere, get a rent with a condo. He could have walked in there with a, with a, with a, with a suit on. With a mask on okay. and took care of you. Okay. But no, I got to interview you in the third season. And he ain't took you <laughs> nowhere, bro. Come on, Maury. This is your this is Maurice. This is your time to talk, bro. It's time to talk to this, all the black men in America. Okay. Mr. McDonald, I thank you for this opportunity to address mm-hmm. this. What, you, you, what you about to do? What you about to do? What you about to do? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. You read her bio. Uh-huh. I'm actually of Jamaican descent. Okay. You okay. would think that she was. <laughs> I got to, in order to take her on a honeymoon, I got to slow her down. Oh. 
Oh, is you, Kimmy? You the problem, Kimmy? Kimmy? Believe that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Maurice, let me ask you this. Oh, let, let, we, we just on my show. We just on my show. You're a baller. Mm-hmm. Let's fantasize. What would be a, a place, a destiny? Mm-hmm. What would that experience be like for this beautiful member of Delta Sigma <laughs> Stata? Who's a hero in a medical profession, saving lives, putting a family in jeopardy, but all for the benefit of America. What would you take her at, man? This angel. Let, let, let me tell you. Maurice, something. come the on now. Don't stutter. Do don't stutter. Jamaica sure. born. Jamaica man. Jamaica man. Don't stutter. Talk. For sure, she loves sun and fun. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. If sand ain't in her toes, then I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I know for sure like the best times in her life always has sun and sane right right so um, we've actually discussed you know going on a, on a honeymoon and the timing has to be right of course because we have the kids and uh, we gotta make sure that all that stuff is in order they're starting school but this is about to go down it's about to go down <laughs> you and, that, and you're the first to know Kimmy, you hear that? I'm going to bring y'all back on the show now. It cannot be season four. And we still I've talking about this. I've been hearing it. I've been hearing it. I'm ready. I got a suitcase. You know how women that are expecting sure a baby pack a suitcase. You ready. Leave See, it in you're the ready. car. You ready, Sarah. I got my suitcase ready. All ready, I need Sarah. is a ticket. You know, because you know, y'all a beautiful couple. Y'all, you know, y'all look good. Look right here. I, I, I admit when somebody look good in front of me. I ain't, I'm not ashamed. Y'all a beautiful couple. And he ain't just taking you nowhere to showcase you. You know, put you on a pedestal. You know, held you up high like, you know, like Kuta Kente did the baby. You know what I'm saying? He ain't done none of that for you. When I look at the show, and I'm going to just shift the gears a little bit here, because I want to know, what do you know, Tiffany, and also Maurice, and some of these storylines? Because, you know, like, you know, especially recently when you had the little dinner with the, and, and then you were shocked by this new, I call her a shady character, Tiffany, who's been added to the show. She's just running around there just dropping dimes on everybody. And, and then you have to react to that. <laughs> like the last time was in the luncheon when she dropped a dime on, on Destiny. And then she, and then the previous episode, she told, she told, uh, she told Melody she didn't even know who Destiny was. And then she shared some information about Monster and vaping, and that shocked you because she revealed information about her kid. So how does these storylines work for my fans? As far as how do y'all walk into these scenes? Are y'all produced to up to a point? Are they just set to scenarios? How does that work? Starting with you, Kimmy, then I'm going to go over to you because we need to get the men's side of the story because that Martel, he's just a disaster, okay? <laughs> so as far as the production of the show, um, in all fairness, we have different um, field producers that are assigned to us and um, they communicate with us on a very regular basis, um, either phone, in person, just to know what's going on in our world each week, um, what's coming up, events that are coming up, things that we have planned as far as our businesses or um, children. Um, and so they don't produce the situation. However, they do try to help us see different avenues 
of getting it filmed, like getting it on TV. Um, and the things that are actually, I guess, TV worthy, you know, because right. you might tell them 10 different things you got going on this week and they only interested in one. Um, and that happens fairly often. The one thing I will say about the show that I say a lot actually is they force us to have some conversations that we might not normally have. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that <clears throat> is because there are times, like for me especially, when I have an altercation with someone, I kind of distance myself right. um, because I really enjoy my peace. And my peace is more important than non-peace. <laughs> um, and so on the show, they have put us in situations where we're encouraged to talk it out instead of just leaving it be. Um, and, and that is where production, I think, takes a big hand in helping us get over some hurdles that maybe otherwise we wouldn't get over. Mm -hmm. um, and to be fair, it also produces some hurdles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it also produces some hurdles. Um, but more often than not, it's just strict conversation that we've had with them. Um, and they kind of determine the best day, the best time. For us to kind of blossom that conversation into something that the nation can um, relate to. Well, you know, uh, Maurice, you know, you know, your brother's on the show, and he has kind of like a loosey goosey personality, you know. Versus your person, your personality is pretty straightforward, you know. You, you know, you, you truly are a, a professional, and I'm not saying he's unprofessional, but I think you know what I'm saying. You know, he kind of jokes around a lot. A lot of situations, even, even though she slapped your hand when you joked around with Kara when y'all did that little video phone call. She didn't think that was a joke. That's what Kimmy said that. There ain't no time to joke now. Okay, there ain't no hey, time to be joking right now. You know, stop all that joking now. You ain't no comedian now, <laughs> Mr. Morris. Okay. Now, we, we look over there. Martel, his life is a disaster. It's just being played out on social media. It's being played out on TV. When you look at that and you're dealing with all of the situations, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you make sure that your brand, your family, it doesn't become a victim of this show or any type of show that they can be exposed in a negative light? Because right now it has happened to them. And I'm not saying like even Destiny, she got a divorce on the show. And I'm not trying to turn this into a negative conversation, but it is a certain responsibility that you have to hope hold both as a couple to understand what you're involved in and making sure that it, it, it doesn't impact your home. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, a level of emotional intelligence that's important when you're getting on a reality television show. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a level of character that I'm not I'm not going to play a certain character yes. in life. And that's just being true to myself, mm -hmm. um, true to my family, true to my brand. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that there's not enough there's not enough gain from television um, or reality television to lose my family. Um, and I, I personally think that even in certain, certain situations that they're dealing with, um, it's difficult because the world has an idea about how their relationship should go when they see just snippets of the person. Yes. So even though Martell, and, and this is, this is a concept that's kind of difficult for uh, a lot of fans to get Martell's not an all the time, right? <laughs> There's no way in the world that Martell would have been this person and Mel would have been with him for 10 years, mm -hmm. right? So that's just a portion of his personality. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, Martell's probably one of the 
nicest people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. And he's thoughtful. Mm-hmm. He's caring. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of individual that will call you about, you know, something that you may have talked to him about two weeks ago, and he's found a solution for it. Mm-hmm. So there's a flip side to Mark Dale that you don't get a chance to see all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a flip side to pretty much all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm reserved for, for the most part on the show, but I'm not always reserved. There's things that, you know, call spirited conversation. <laughs> uh, usually when you involve children mm-hmm. <laughs> and my family, mm-hmm. you know, those things, you know, definitely will, you know, turn up my, uh, my intensity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. I've been trying to get y'all since season one. You're very special. Uh, more importantly, as as we walk through this, you know, you you guys are black excellence. And from the city of Huntsville, which I'm very familiar with, if you ever been, if anybody fans who are listening or watching, if you have not, Huntsville is a the home of NASA. Uh, some of the uh, mm-hmm. high population of educated people. The income level is very high. So don't look at Huntsville like it's a little small country town because you're highly mistaken about what's going on in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Because uh, this couple I'm talking to right now are very successful and they're all right. And thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Kimmy Scott and Maurice Scott, every Saturday night they are on Love and Marriage in Huntsville. It's the number one show on Saturday night. It's one of the most popular shows on television. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Team! We will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations, Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Never allow perception to determine your future or limit your dream. I sat down with six-time NBA All-Star Amari Stoudemire. We talked about his latest venture, Stoudemire Wine, which makes him the first and only black kosher winemaker. I don't think there's another black kosher winemaker out there in the world today. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to somewhat change that narrative also, is being able to now step into a kosher space, a space where health is wealth, right? And so, you know, the winery out of Israel was important for me to get involved in because, you know, obviously having the biblical ties and knowing that throughout the whole biblical context, there's always been wine involved in the Bible, right? So I wanted to kind of connect back with that soil and create a juice that people here in America can drink and be a part of Israel, like they can be a part of that biblical connotation. So... And then now I just released two more bottles that's made in California. Amari Stoudemire's full interview is available at moneymakingconversation.com. Keep winning. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is an industry decision maker. His name is Carlos King, one of my favorite people, and we've never met. He's an executive producer and founder of Kingdom Rain. Kingdom Rain. 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 Kingdom Rain Entertainment. He's also known as the king of reality TV. Carlos is one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality TV. With over 10 years under his production belt, King, as Carlos King, has quickly created a niche for himself in the docu-soap arena. He has produced high-profile programs such as eight seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which we all know is a niche in itself. Season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes. His production company, Kingdom Rain Entertainment, has created such shows as Style in Hollywood for Netflix, Love and Marriage, Huntsville, one of my favorite shows on OWN, Hollywood Divas, which on TV One, just to name a few. He recently, this is not read about him, but you know, my boy, you know, I read him in a variety magazine, you know. He a first look deal with OWN. You know, when you get a variety, you know, they they talking about you. They don't talk about money and variety. No broke people appear in variety, unless it's in the back section. He was on the front section. He was on the front page where it would develop original unscripted series for the own network. 
I always tell people, how do you build your dreams? Well, let's find out how. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, a return visit for the talented and brilliant one, Mr. Carlos King. How you doing, Carlos? I'm well. Thank you so much for that great introduction. Well, first of all, Carlos, uh, you know, um, watching your work is 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 uh, is my introduction to the world because of the fact that we get to, for the first time, we see it, now we can talk and find out how does that mind work, putting together these projects, because you're dealing with people's lives, and it's really impactful. In, in some ways, these are unscripted. And so you have to kind of like set the scene. Like uh, I think uh, uh, Larry David on HBO kind of has an unscripted show where people walk in, they kind of set up the scene. But that's from a comedy perspective. So, you know, that direction. So you could be throwing some curves when you're developing these shows. So talk about the process to my uh, viewers and listeners in the world of reality. Yeah, well, again, thanks for having me. And no, it is true. When you're dealing with real people and you're producing a reality show, it's very challenging because you really are following the reality of their life. And oftentimes that means the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's the reason why my shows are so relatable is because we don't orchestrate anything out of drama's sake. Right. We do such a fantastic job at the company to where we truly immerse ourselves into the lives of our talent. And because it's such bravery and courage for anybody to say, I want to lay cameras inside my household and into my life, Mm -hmm. that's a privilege I don't take for granted. Mm -hmm. So because we have to constantly make sure that the mental health of these people are stable enough to really handle the conversation they're having on camera mm-hmm. and then deal with the after effects of it when social media involves themselves. So it is very challenging to produce. When you're doing a scripted show, you have an actor, right. they're playing a character, <laughs> they get paid to, to, to say what you wrote mm-hmm. and they get paid to do the action that you directed. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier in that sense, where in my case, I have to follow real people who have real issues and real story. And because I'm so sensitive to them, Mm -hmm. I make sure that we all work together to put on a good show. Well, one of the bigger storylines was out of the uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville. But like I said, when you're talking about you're scripted and you're talking about this is not part of, you know, you you know, because all these when the the story, because I just recently interviewed Kimmy and Maury Scott. Fantastic couple. First time I interviewed them. And um, and they were just saying they were all friends. And that's how, you know, uh, Melody came to them with this great idea about the show and Martell. And they all got together and they shot about three pilots with you before it was finally picked up. And along the way of this success, you know, this unexpected drama comes out, which is reality. You are reality shows. Guess what? You can't change what happens because it's real. And that was the relationship breakup of Melody and Martell. From a crisis management, how do you look at that? And how did you kind of like hold it together respectfully and not try to exploit it? Great question, because there's a fine line within that. And the main thing that I did that a lot of other reality reality producers don't do is I ask permission. Yes. First. I said, hey, because you're telling me this is what you're going through, are you comfortable sharing that on camera? Because 
my job is to follow the real. And right. what would be so unfortunate is if the entire town knows about this infidelity mm-hmm. and you're on TV pretending you're in a great marriage, mm-hmm. You are going to lose in the end because when people watch reality TV, mm-hmm. they want to see authenticity. Mm-hmm. So the permission mm-hmm. that I asked Melody Martel was, if you trust me to handle this story with tender love and care, I promise you, you will come out of this never feeling exploited. And at the end of the day, you courtesy of being transparent, Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to affect a lot of black households who are dealing with this issue and they will look to you as to what to do right and what to do wrong. Right. And all of a sudden you're going to become the voice of this topic. And the voice of this topic because, you know, Melody, you know, she's come out of this as a uh, uh, mom entrepreneur, you know, powerful, strong, uh, uh, look fantastic. And uh, and sometimes when I look at the show, I look at Martel confused. This is my this is me talking, um, angry, don't know the direction he wants to go with his life. And so, you as a producer, you see these things happening. Do you give advice or do you just let it play off and say this is what we're going to do? Are you comfortable with what we're going to do? Or do you ever offer advice to the individuals who are playing out these real life characters, Carlos? Yeah, I do a little bit of both. So. Primarily, I follow the reality of what they're going through. Yes, sir. Because because what I like for my audience to see, again, is the authenticity of someone dealing with pain and joy, Mm -hmm. right? So when Martell, when you watch the show and you see Martell struggling with life after divorce. Yes. I think a lot of Black men, specifically Black men, Mm And they may have stepped outside of their marriage and their wives leave them. They struggle with the realization that my infidelity ruined this, this relationship that I adored. And, and, and who am I outside of being married to this woman who right. we were a partner mm-hmm. in all of this? Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing some regret on Martel's behalf. And as a black man producing this show, I cannot sit back, watch this man go through this pain and not offer some sort of advice to help him heal. So I definitely have had numerous conversations with Martel, Mm -hmm. most recently two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love them all and I want to make sure that at the end of the day, they're okay. Well, you know, the thing about it is that you said it earlier about social media, because that's one of the biggest curses and benefits of modern day success, you know. But in reality, TV, it can be even worse because unlike a script, you're just playing a character. That's my character. They told me to write that, you know. Where reality show, how does social media work for you? And how do you tell a, a, a talent? Because they are talents, you know, whether they play themselves or not. They are, they are talent. How do you recommend to talent that's playing out a life that they can go to the grocery store and she really is Martel. You know, he re- she really is Kimmy. He really is Maurice. She really is a Tisha. Tisha. All these people are going to the grocery store being themselves. So social media can be very painful. In the world of social media, do you encourage them to do social media or that's that's their own thing? You walk away, they grown people, they deal with it where they have to deal with it. I discourage them from reading the comments on social media. Yeah. 
I think you have to use social media what it's for, and that's engagement. Yes, sir. And that is promoting whatever vehicle you have to to get the word out. And once you post, you leave. Right. You 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 don't stay on there read the comments <laughs> because the, the number one mistake I can make is read right. comments of what other people are saying about them because what I've learned through social media, and I love social media, but I'm a, I, I learned this. The meanest comments get the most reaction. So it's a game that people on social media are playing in terms of how can I trump this comment so that mine can get the most traction? And in order to do that, you have to get meaner and nastier yes. And that can really affect someone's mental health. So I tell my reality stars, do not read the comment right. because it will ruin your day. Yes, it not only remain, it ruin your life if you just keep reading that feed on a daily basis. But it all started somewhere else for you. Not on, we just talked about the current success. When did you realize, how did you get into the game? You know, we've had this conversation before. We have new listeners and new viewers. But I want to talk, because I want everybody wants to do what you do, Carlos, okay? But again, you have a gift. And I tell people, you know, I was a sitcom writer. And believe me, there were more talented sitcom writers than me. And I could tell there was a difference between, just like there's a difference between a Michael Jordan and a player who was drafted in the first round. They're talents. And you have that special gift, that, that certain eye. What makes you so special? And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but obviously you see things different, Carlos. Why and how did that, how was it introduced to you when you first got into reality television? Because I was a kid who was sort of a nerd. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Going up to Detroit, I would watch endless hours of television, which included everything from the Oprah Winfrey show to the local news to I'm a kid watching Dateline NBC. Like I, I was a student of people. I was a student of character. I was a student of knowledge. And because of that, I thought I would become a psychologist because right. I just love to get in the minds of people and, and really understand their behavior. Mm -hmm. So because I had all of that education growing up, when I decided to major in journalism in college and minor in psychology, I took both um, gifts that I had of journalism and psychology and applied it to what I do today. So when I got an internship at BET, I just started to really climb the ladder and I got a job there and I got offered to do a reality show because my friends in the business knew that I loved reality TV. Mm -hmm. And the first reality show I was offered, funny enough, was The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It was a brand new show right. in 2008. <laughs> and it was my first foray into reality. So when you talk about a gift, I think it's the gift of the fact that I studied mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So I know people, I know behavior, and I know a star within five seconds of talking to them. Awesome. But you also, let's, let's talk about reality coming into it, because there was a lot of negative 
about being that reality game. You know, it wasn't real. It was it was cheesy. It was uh, offensive. A lot of the uh, a lot of the shows were really aggressive. Also showed black women in a very negative light. So how did you, being a guy who's a fan of reality TV, how did you say? Did you have a vision, Carlos, when you came on board to say? I'm not going to do that type of reality TV. This is why I want to approach it. Talk about that whole approach of organizing that thought process of you coming into yeah. the reality game. Okay. Cool. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So when I got my start in reality TV, again, my first show was The Real Housewives right. in Atlanta. And obviously that was a very entertaining show. They had a lot of arguments and big fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that show wasn't produced by a company that I started, I was a worker bee who followed the guidelines of how to produce that particular show. Yes, sir. And the moment I became the executive producer of that show, a shift happened in my thought of, let's make it less about these cat fights and more about what's happening inside the households of these people. So that the, the, the season that I became the executive producer is the highest rated season of that show to date. <laughs> the moment that happened is when I decided to start my company, Kingdom Rank Entertainment, because I did have a consciousness of saying, I know a lot of Black people who want to do reality TV, but they think they have to sell their soul and have a physical altercation to make that happen. And I wanted to be the alternative to that. So when you watch Love and Marriage Huntsville, for example, you see these beautiful Black people who are successful that's only showing you what really is happening in their lives, in their households. And that show has become the number one show on the network. And there has not been a physical altercation on that show. So that proves to people when you build something that is true to you, people will come. Well, it was it was one that came close. Well, I believe when uh, when uh, Martel was on the patio with uh, with Melody, and he told her why she why he cheated on her because she ba 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 ba, and she threw something at him. Come on, Carlos, boy! No, no, look, Carlos, that had to shock y'all. That scared y'all, did you, Carlos? That no. scared y'all. No, you are accurate. <laughs> So, what's, 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 what's very telling about that moment? Carlos, <laughs> this boy watch my show. You don't, you don't tell no black woman Come on now. what another woman does better. <laughs> That's what I got from it. And I think a lot of men watched that show and said, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Dude, dude, Carlos, when he said that, I was like, Are you kidding me, dude? Are you really kidding me? In front of friends, cameras are rolling, and you're going to say this to Melody, and she's not going to react on this show. I saw that, man. When I, if, I, if I, you know, you know, when you're growing up, college, your, your, your parents are popping in the back of the head, they should have popped. So, one of the, you should have came out of the audience. You should have came out front of the camera and say, uh, Martel, I'm about to do something that your parents did to you when you was a kid. I'm going to pop you in the back of your big, dumb head. I laughed so hard, but I also felt so bad because I went, dude, you know, that was that was uncalled for. But that that's the closest you've come on that show. Cause she threw something, I swear to you, she threw it for real. She threw it in for real. 
She she has good aim. I'll say that. <laughs> well, the, the, the beauty of you, Carlos, is that, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you said it early in your conversation that you watched her growing up. And he, I'm going to just share an example. I mean, sometimes when you um, get in a position, you meet stars or you and you kind of like pull back a little bit. You feel like in the rain, do, do, I don't really belong here. This really happening to me. And then you realize, hey, this, stop, stop, stop all that ignorance. It is happening to you because your work has put you there. It's happening to you because the respect has put you there. It's happening to you because you're supposed to be there. When did all that come into you? Because I, I know you, we share similar qualities. So we both are humble. You know, uh, I come from a nerdy background, you know, and and uh, some people, I tell people I was shy. They look, you were never shy. Well, yes, yes, I was, you know. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. You know, and so I just had to fight through it and then realize that my opinion mattered. If my opinion matters, then you have to tell people what your opinion is. And that's who you are. So when you elevated yourself to do this behind the scenes uh, for Oprah, what were your thought process and where did you Come to coming into introspective about yourself as a talent and where you are at in that point of your career. You know what was so interesting is I'm a man of faith and I believe in prayer and I believe in in in, in just you know believing in God and praying to Him. So to be a kid watching Oprah Winfrey show and then decades later having the opportunity to. I tell people all the time, I got paid to follow her around. Right. Like that's 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 <laughs> a good job. Right, right, right. I so the moment I was around her to me gave me the the confirmation mm-hmm. that God was saying to me, I want you to see what's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 I want you to shadow a woman you look up to, a black billionaire because I am seeding the steps in terms of how I see you being. Uh And I took that as a way of saying, I now know what I have to do. And that truly, 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 truly gave me the permission that I needed for my internal self to say, I can do this because I saw someone else do it. And then a couple of years after that, I had to... um, follow Tyler Perry in the same way when he got to the own network. And I had that same conversation. How many people in your position, Carlos, can say they followed Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry? Like not everyone can say that. So I use that as a way of saying you have a gift and God is preparing you for something bigger. Well, you know, the interesting thing when I when I listen to you talk and we, everything's a journey. And you know that, Carlos, you know, because we all dream, we all hope, we pray. And but it's the work ethic. And then it's what you've been given because each network has a different budget. A lot of people, you know, you would love to think you work with the same budget on TV One or Netflix or OWN or BET. They all have different budget, but you, have, you still have to deliver a first class project. So how do you work with the budgets that are given to you? And then how do you assess how do your staff and, uh, you know, do you call in favors sometimes? You know, take care of you on this and come come take care of me on this. How does that work? Because building your brand is about relationships. I know that for a fact. And relationships have helped me when, I, when, when I've transitioned in my career. Relationships are helping you. But now you're the guy who, who you, you, you're the hit maker now. You're the hit maker. So people expect you to get, 
when they come to you to get paid. So those little requests, they actually want, hey, man, I remember, remember me when I took care of you? So how does that work with you? Because now you have a first-look deal with OWN, and that qualifies you as a, that's the ultimate, man. When somebody say, look, we're just going to give you a deal to create shows. And that's the blessing of your journey. So talk about that when you when it was approached to you. And what were the first thoughts that ran through your mind when OWN said, here's a first-look first deal for you and your company? Kingdom Rain Entertainment. It was it, it was magical because <laughs> my company became what we call in the business a full service mm-hmm. production company, which means that the buck stops here. Yes, we don't we don't have a co production with another. Like everything begins and ends with Kingdom Rain Entertainment. So to have that within the first year of launching the company is nothing but God's favor mm-hmm. on my life. Mm-hmm. So I needed that in order to show the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. That I am the little engine that could. This black man who owns his own company has the has the respect of Oprah Winfrey of saying, I want you to create shows for my network. So when you talk about budgets with other networks, yeah, you have to definitely, you know, rob Peter to, you know, <laughs> get Paul and all those things because, you know, you, you, you have to use what's given to you. And that can be challenging. And yes, you have to call in favors from yes. people who you kind of grew up with in the business. Yes. Like you said, relationships are key. Mm-hmm. So I have to do that. Well, the beauty of you, my friend, is this, you know, you, you're, you're a master in the world I can't do. You know, and and that's a good thing because, like I say, you know, that means you you're creating a brand, and all the years of working with different projects, which one challenged you the most? I'm talking about not a negative challenge, but production wise and creatively, and you went, wow, that was a lot of work, man, but I'm glad I got it done. Which project of all the projects you've done that really pushed you creatively and really test your personality and your sanity? <laughs> <laughs> Um, last I think I said that right. I think I got it really right so you can say a good response, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, I had a show on BET called BET Presents the Encore. Last week, we had our season finale. Absolutely. And, and that was the most challenging show to date of my career because I had to... It was a house reality show, and we had 30 days to shoot a show 24-7. Yes. For 30 days mm-hmm. of these former girl group members living in a house together to form a super group. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with personalities and music. And again, it's around the clock for 30 days. And that pushed me to a place that I didn't know existed in terms of my brain having the capacity to, to handle this. Right. And, and it was such a good gift to, to have um, because it allowed me to want to push things further in the shows I'm producing. Well, the interesting thing about it, because you were dealing with some level of frustration with talent, you know, who mm-hmm. felt that they should be bigger or felt that they were wrong and they see this. And some of them say yes to doing things, but don't want to do the work, you know. Right. You know, you know that's the part that frustrates you. Well, why are you here then? Well, you know, why, why are you wasting my, my time? I'm not going to curse, but why, why are you wasting my time? That's the part that makes you mad, okay? You knew what you were signing up for. Now you now you got an attitude, okay? But the, the <laughs> thing that really came into play is, is COVID. 
You had to produce all these shows under these conditions of testing and multiple testing and the beauty of seeing what Tyler Perry did. He he he, he, he kind of like wrote the template, buy a compound and put a hotel on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then imprison your cast for two weeks and then send them home. <laughs> Work them 24 hours a day and send them home. Wrap 24 episodes. And so with that being the case, how did it affect your production and how, and what did you, what did you gain from it as a producer, Carlos? Listen, safety is first when you're dealing with a global pandemic. So yes, we have to do multiple testing. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully everyone was negative and we, we were able to make sure that our cast and crew was safe for all the productions we have going on at Kingdom Rank Entertainment. So that was the, the greatest thing about it as well. But no, it, it, it allowed everybody to know that there is a necessity for unscripted in this business yes. because my counterparts unscripted did not have the, the right to, to do this because it was such an expensive fee. Right. So unscripted, we did. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, my friend, a hit show, uh, when you do these, this is my only favor I ask, man. You know, whenever you do these these rap shows or the end of the season show, just consider your boy as one of your hosts. I come on in, man. You you got you got a first look there. Just consider the man in the suit. Well, you know, you know who, who watch your shows, called. <laughs> I come in and host it, man. I know everybody in the cast. They know me, and we do our thing. They do, man. and they love you, by the way. Oh, thank you. But I, I just want to tell you, man, I respect you, man. One day we will meet. And but the beauty of what you do, man, I so respect, and I and it it's just the quality of work and seeing you make this transition because at one time reality was a bad thing. It was a bad thing. It was a very negative thing, and you've turned it with your skill, with your eye, and forced other people to follow your lead. Thank you, thank you, Carlos, for doing that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Appreciate. It. If you want to hear or see any of my interviews, especially the one I'm doing with Carlos King, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. Please remember, always lead with your gifts and don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Lala Anthony is a television personality, mother, New York Times bestselling author, businesswoman, producer, and known for her acting roles in Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2, the drama series Power, and The Shy. During my interview with her, we talked about the importance of getting good advice. Looking at you and, and, and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. Mm-hmm. I felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Like right. if you're on the radio, that's all you do. If you're a producer, that's all you do. If you're on TV, that's all you do. And Steve was one of the first people along with, you know, your help to break those barriers and mm-hmm. show people you can do a lot of different things and be great at it. And that's what I wanted to do. Lala Anthony's full interview is available at moneymakingconversation.com. Keep winning.